Well, good morning, everybody. It's a real pleasure to be here, and it's always a privilege uh, to be asked to speak. Uh, most of you probably know who I am, but uh, for those who don't know me, uh, my name is Ian. I am married to Helen. She is very active in the church. She helps with the mums and toddlers groups on the Tuesdays and the creche on Thursday for the English classes and helps with the mums and toddlers at uh, Beavis Town on Monday, I think it is. Uh, got four great kids, uh, one fantastic grandchild, and another on the way in September. Uh, I tend to be a very simple uh, speaker, so I hope that I am not too simple for you this morning. Uh, but I would like to pray and just ask God blessing upon uh, what I'd like to say this morning. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would please help me to be as clear as I possibly can. I ask that you would breathe your life into your word, and I pray that you'll open the ears of our heart and the ears of our mind to receive something from you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I need to say I'm afraid I've got no overheads this morning. Uh, you can either think it's because I'm lazy, or you can think it's because, actually, I want to encourage us to listen. I think sometimes we've actually lost or losing the ability to really listen. We've become so visual. So either I'm very lazy, or I'm wanting you <laughs> to encourage you uh, to listen. You can take uh, your pick. Um, Um, probably about a couple of years ago, uh, it is my practice, I set my alarm clock at 6 o'clock in the morning, I'm a morning person, I set my alarm clock at 6 o'clock in the morning, I get dressed, I have a cup of tea, I go downstairs and sit in a chair and spend some time with the Lord. And about a couple of years ago, I was really quite concerned because, you know, I don't know if anybody else has this problem, but my mind wanders all over the place. And I start to think about the problems and issues and what I've got to do today. And I was also finding that actually my prayer life had become fairly mundane and stale. And much of my prayer life was really just asking God to do things. And I started to think, and I started to think that, well... 10 years, 15 years ago, I'm sure <clears throat> that I had far greater passion for the Lord. I'm sure that my prayer life was far more dynamic and strong. And I started to grow concerned. And uh, so I started to ask the Lord for his help and started to think about it. And then about 18 months ago, I was reading in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 12, it's not coming up on the screen, if you want to read it in the church Bibles, I've actually made a note of it, it's 1139, Romans chapter 12, verse 9 to 11. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 to 11, in my Bible it's 1139, I checked it this morning and it's in your Bible at 1139, unless you're using a different Bible. Okay, verse 9, it says this, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in brotherly love, honour one another above yourselves, 
And now this is the verse that really caught my attention. Verse 11. Never be lacking... Oh, it is up there. Look at that. (laughs) Isn't technology amazing? (laughs) Wow. Well, okay. You don't have to follow it in the church Bible. Okay. Anyway, I've now got to the point. (laughs) This is the verse. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. And that really spoke to me. Keep your spiritual fervor in serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. So I've been thinking for the last 18 months about keeping my spiritual fervor in serving the Lord. And when I read that, one of the things I realized was you wouldn't have the instruction to keep your spiritual fervor in serving the Lord if you could not lose it. So this verse told me that I could lose my spiritual fervor in serving the Lord. It wouldn't instruct me to keep my spiritual fervor if I could not lose it. And so, if I'm honest, I want to finish well. I want to keep my spiritual fervor in serving the Lord right to the very end. So I've been thinking and pondering this for the last 18 months, and I'm not going to tell you everything that I've, all my thoughts, because I don't want to overload. So I've just got three simple things to say, and they all are very simple, but my hope from this morning is that each of us will go away and think, how do I keep my spiritual fervor in serving the Lord? Now, the things that I think may not be the things that you think, but the important thing is, how do we keep our spiritual fervor in serving the Lord? And the first thing that I really thought about was, do remember the past. Do remember those times when you have experienced something of God's goodness. Maybe God has turned up for you in a difficult situation. Maybe you have been at a conference and you've experienced the wonderful presence of God. Maybe he has answered some prayer for you. And I just encourage you, do remember the past. Do remember those times when God has come through for you. And talk about it to others. You know, in the Old Testament, most of you will know the story, but uh, the Israelites came to the River Jordan. Now, this is the second time they're about to approach, uh, approach the Promised Land. Uh, Moses is dead, they've wandered around in the wilderness, the story is in the book of Joshua, and they come, about to come to the promised land, and there they are, facing the River Jordan, but the River Jordan is obviously flowing at such a rate that they cannot cross the River Jordan. If they were to step into the River Jordan, they would be washed downstream. And God speaks to them, and he tells them to take the tabernacle. Now, God is a sovereign God. God is absolutely everywhere. 
But in the Old Testament, he put his special presence in a place called the tabernacle. Most of you will know this. And the tabernacle was like the presence of God. And they were to carry the presence of God on these poles. And there was a special group of people called the Levites, and they had to carry the presence of God on these poles. And he said, tell the Levites to carry the tabernacle into the River Jordan. And I don't know what I would have done if I'd have been the first one on the first pole, because the water is flooding past. And while the water is flooding past, the first guy up front has to actually step into the water. But as he takes that step of faith, God holds back the water. And they are to stand in the middle of the river until all the water stops flowing. And the whole Israelite community crosses. But then he says, I want you to take 12 stones from the middle of the river, put them by the riverbank, so that you remember what I have done. And not only are you to remember, you're to tell your children and your children's children what I have done. I think there is an important place to remember those times that God has really come through for you. And you'll know when we take communion with the breaking of bread, Jesus said, this is my body given for you. Then what does he say? What does he say? Do this in remembrance of me. It's so important to remember, to remember what Christ has done. Remember those times when God has come through for you, but remember what Christ has done for you. I have not kept a spiritual journal, but I now wish that I had actually kept some sort of journal of those times when God has shown his goodness to me, those times when I've experienced something of his presence. So if we want to keep our spiritual fervor, I would just encourage you, do remember those times when God has really shown up for you. Think, how can I keep my spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Remember the goodness of God. The second thing, and and perhaps in, in many ways I think possibly the most important, I would say this, be determined to seek the presence of God. Be determined to seek the presence of God. The Apostle Paul said this, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his suffering, becoming like him in his death and so somehow to attain the resurrection of Christ. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. I want to know Christ. I want to know his power. I want to know him in the good times and I want to know him in the bad times. I'd encourage each one of us, be determined to seek the presence of God. Jesus 
in his prayer, which is recorded in John chapter 17, he says this, he says, And this is eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is eternal life, to know God the Father, and to know Jesus the Christ. To be in such a close abiding relationship with him. That the life of God flows in you and flows through you. Think. How can I keep my spiritual fervor in serving the Lord? I would suggest be determined to seek the presence of God. Jesus, when he was in the wilderness and he was being tempted by the devil, one of the things he said was this. Jesus replied, It is written, Man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Man doesn't live by material things alone. But by living in such a close relationship with God that you can hear him speaking. Now, I'm married. (laughs) And sometimes my wife has the habit of speaking from another room. I need to be careful because she's here this morning. But she has this habit (laughs) of speaking from another room. And I'm sitting there in my room And I hear this distant voice. Now, I have three options. One, I can ignore it. But I can assure you that is a bad choice. (laughs) To ignore is bad. Okay, so don't ignore it. Okay, or I can shout, I can't hear you. (laughs) That is not such a good option either. Okay, or... I can get up and I can go to where Helen is face to face and say, sorry dear, what did you say? (laughs) And Jesus is saying, we need to be in such a close relationship with God that we can hear him speaking to us. Now, this is, is personal. It may help you, it may not help you. This is not meant to be a formula. But in my seeking to be determined to meet with God, I've changed what I do in the morning. I still get up at six o'clock, I get dressed, I have my cup of tea, I sit down in my chair. And now what I do is I actually go through memory verses. One of the spiritual disciplines that I've taken up again is to learn memory verses. So the first thing I do is to either learn new memory verses or then I uh, review some of the memory verses. And I am trying to learn 100 memory verses before I die. I've only got 95 to go. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Actually, I've only got 94. Um, But... I came across a book by a guy called Bill Hybels, who is a 
senior pastor of a large church in America, and it is called Honest to God. If anybody's taking notes, and it's called Honest to God by Bill Hybels. And one of his chapters was uh, spiritual authenticity, something like that, spiritual, being genuinely spiritual, spiritual authenticity. And in it, he also said that he was concerned by his own prayer life. Although he's a senior pastor preaching, he was concerned by his own prayer life. And so he started to read and think and meet people. And he said, I came to see that the majority of godly people, the majority of people that I respected, they kept a journal. And I thought, oh no. I've tried keeping a journal in the past and I really haven't got on with it. But I'm serious, I'm determined to meet with the presence of God So I thought, well, I will give it a try. And he gave some very, very helpful tips. And on the first page, and I only have, I have an A5 notebook. It's it's no bigger than that. So I'm not talking about, I'm not writing very much. And on the top of the first page, and this is what I do, I write yesterday. And then I simply write what I did yesterday. I don't write it all. But the main thoughts about yesterday. The idea is you review it. You have an opportunity to think, what did I do well? Could I have done something better? Did I use my time wisely? So yesterday, I write just an A5 piece of paper. I don't have to get to the bottom. It's not a guilt thing. And then he suggested on the top of the next page, you write A-C-T-S. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, which simply means prayer, asking for things. Now, I'm not very good at adoration. So I actually changed adoration to I appreciate. So I write at the top of the page, I appreciate. And then I think, what do I appreciate about God? What do I appreciate about God? And I start to write. So I don't write anything fantastic. It might be a song. It might be anything. What do I appreciate about God? And then... (laughs) I'm glad Helen's here. Uh, the, next, the next thing I write is, I confess. And it's no good just writing, I confess that I'm a sinner or, or anything. No good being general like that. You have to be specific. And I started to write, I confess. And after a while, I thought, gosh, I hope Helen doesn't read this. And, uh, and, and then I thought, well, if I'm worried about Helen reading this, what about God? What about God reading this? Oh, start to take things a little bit more seriously. And then, <laughs> you think I'm a terrible sinner. If, if you write on Monday, I lied, and you write on Tuesday, I lied, and on Wednesday, I lied, after a while you think to yourself, am I going to do something about this? I have to say, in all honesty, what I'm writing now is totally different to what I ever expected I would write about. And actually, I write more now about what I appreciate about God and what I write under confession than I do under thanksgiving and under prayers for people. It has totally changed my prayer life. And then I write, Lord, I am listening. Please speak. So I put my pen down, I close my eyes, and I say it again. Lord, I am listening. Please speak. 
And sometimes a thought comes into my mind. It might be a memory verse, something from the scripture, or something, a deep sense of something inside. I don't write very much. And if I don't get anything, I don't worry, because then I pick up the Bible. And I'm still reading the Bible, wanting to listen to God. Lord, I am listening. Please speak. And then I might pray, and my time is gone. But I'm not presenting this as a formula. All I'm saying is, um, what am I saying? (laughs) Be determined. Be determined to seek the presence of God. There's many ways of seeking the presence of God. And then the last thing I'd like to say again, is very simple, but if we are to keep our spiritual vigor in serving the Lord, we need to remain active in spiritual service. Now, I do realize that when you get older, you slow down. And I was originally going to say that if you are 80 or over, it's okay, you deserve it, you can slow down. And if you're 79 or younger, I'm now speaking to you. But, you know, that's a little bit arbitrary. I realize that with medical conditions and one thing and another, you know, for various reasons, we do slow down when we get older. But I just simply want to ask you, are you still serving the Lord? How are you serving the Lord? And if you are serving the Lord, I want to ask you, is it still stretching your faith? Whatever you're doing, is it still stretching your faith? Are you still having to pray and ask God to help you in whatever you are doing? Are you asking him for, your gra- for his grace, for his power, for his wisdom? Are you seeking God? If not, I'd encourage you to face a new spiritual challenge. Think, how can I keep my spiritual vigor in serving the Lord? I encourage you to think, does God want me to step out (laughs) and stretch my faith? Occasionally I I listen to YouTube, probably far too much if I'm absolutely honest, but anyway, sometimes I listen to YouTube and there was a guy called Francis Chan and I was listening to him. And one of the things that he said which really stuck in my mind was, do something that requires faith. Do something that requires faith. And that has stuck with me. And I keep thinking of that. Am I doing something that requires faith. I'd like you to think about that. Do something that requires faith. And if you want an even greater challenge, <laughs> I uh, was having coffee with a friend called Gunther. And uh, we were just talking, and Gunther was saying that he once met uh, the guy, I think his name was Ron White, I've got it in my notes, but anyway, I've lost where I am. But, but um, I think the guy is Ron White, he's called the Vicar of Baghdad. And he listened to Ron White one time, and Ron White was talking about his mentor. Now his mentor, and I might not be pronouncing the name quite right, Donald Cogan, Cogan? he used to be uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury. Am I saying right, Donald Cogan? Anyway, he was 
Ron, uh, Ron White, the, bishop, uh, the vicar of Baghdad's mentor. And he said that whenever Donald Cogan left, he never said, stay safe. He said, take risks. Take risks. And that's got me thinking as well. Am I prepared to take risks for Jesus? <laughs> you know, sometimes we do need to step out and stretch. I've just simply been asking us to consider, to think, how can I keep my spiritual vigor in serving the Lord? I've suggested maybe we need to remember the past. We need to remember those times when, when God has expressed his goodness to us. We need to remember what Jesus has done for us. Remember the past. But we also need to be determined to seek his presence. However we do that, what works for you, works for you. And I have said that I have found my own prayer life has really improved by writing yesterday and then I appreciate, I confess I thank I pray for and then Lord I am listening please speak and finally I would say remain active to the very end, do something that requires faith <laughs> now we're moving into an area of faith. <laughs> I have not communicated anything worthwhile with you today unless you've received something from God. Unless you've heard something from God, I've not communicated anything worthwhile. And I'd really like us just to be quiet for a few minutes and to think. How can I keep my spiritual vigor in serving the Lord? And I'm going to ask God to speak. I'm not asking for any prophecies or words of knowledge. I'm just simply asking that God would speak to our hearts and our minds. Let me pray and then just we'll have a moment of quiet. Heavenly Father, we are listening. Please speak. Heavenly Father, I am listening. Please speak. Hope you're up for a risk because I've never done this before and I really want to take a risk. I want to do something that I haven't done before. <clears throat> Can we have the words on the overhead? I would like us to sing unaccompanied with none of the usual musicians. <laughs> with none of the usual singers. I'd like us to sing this song. Now, you may feel that you're a lark, you may feel that you're a crow, but it really does not matter. Forget the people around you, just forget them. You're singing this to God. I'm more of a crow, if I'm honest. But I, I feel personally that sometimes singing certain songs with a certain attitude, can make us aware of the presence of God. <clears throat> I'm going to sing the first verse, 
and the chorus, just to start, so you know how it goes. And then I hope that you're all entering with me, otherwise I've got egg on my face. But, <clears throat> as I say, I'm not a great singer. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back, no turning back. Now, if we're able, let us all stand. If you're able, if you're comfortable with standing. <clears throat> and remember, this is just you and God. It's nothing about the person next to you. It's you and God. You're singing this to God. I'm going to go to three and then off we go. One, two, three. I have decided to 